Hello, comic book fans. My name is Brad Waddell, and I've been reading comics for well over 30 years now. Maybe even longer. I'm not sure if my wife could probably tell you, but either way. I've been reading comic books for a long, long time, and I don't always like the new, new stuff. Uh, I like the old stuff. I like to go dig through back issues and find that great story and that great series that uh, people forgot about or people missed. Some of these I bought off the newsstands, but most of the books that I review, I bought off the back issues. And I had this idea years ago to do one where the books that didn't get hyped up and the books that uh, sometimes people would say, hey, that's really good, but then they don't really talk about it. And then you wonder, is that really good or not? And that's what Purple Gorilla Reviews is all about, is talking about books that people don't talk about. Today we're going to talk about DC Tragedy. A DC Tragedy and the fact that they have done nothing with this series since it was last published, um, somewhere around 89, I think. And it is um, just a tragedy that DC has done nothing with it. You can't read it digitally. You can't find a trade paperback. You can't find any kind of collected edition. You can only find uh, the single issues at your local comic book shop and through mail order and online and things like that. Um, And it is an outstanding series. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why DC has done nothing with it. But it is called Amazing Man, and it published um, 15 issues, 12 issues, uh, and three specials, and uh, Secret Origin, a single-page story, and Secret Origins number 16. Uh, It was published from 1986 to 1990, and there was a super-secret special in 1999 called JLA Superpowers by John Acudia and Scott Eaton. but it's just kind of a fun remembrance to it, and we might talk about that a little later. We might not. Um, but it was created by Bob Rosaskis. Not sure how you say his name, to be quite honest with you, on writing, and Stephen DeStefano on pencils. Inks were done by a lot of different people, but mostly Carl Kessel. Um, and it is just one outstanding series that uh, I don't think you could go away from without wondering what is wrong with DC today that this book is not still being published, at least in uh, trade paperback editions, if not in um, uh, an ongoing series still. Um, So after a few words from sponsors, we will get back into uh, the reviews for Amazing Man. So the premise of Amazing Man is like nothing that you're really expecting. It is about a group of friends that share an apartment with a local superhero and his best friend slash sidekick um, as they go through their lives. And that is the premise summed up. Um, Amazing man himself is just this good-hearted little guy. Um, He subscribes to a lot of magazines, and somehow he won millions of dollars through a magazine subscription service, kind of like Publisher's Clearinghouse or something along that lines. I don't know. He's really, really rich, but he doesn't talk about it. Um... And he's got this, um, he found this helmet that um, had a W on it, and the W spun around, and it turned into an M when he looked at it. And then he put the helmet on, he put a cape on, uh, he put on black pajamas, uh, polka-dotted underwear, yellow boots, yellow gloves, and he became Amazing Man. And he just goes around the neighborhood doing uh, good deeds. Uh, Is not a superhero in the sense of more normal superheroes. He is uh, a superhero in the sense that uh, he just flat out does good deeds. Um, 
think his biggest actual superhero action would be when he saves a toddler in the first issue from uh, being hit by a car. Uh, beyond that action, the rest of the stories that he does where he is a superhero, he's doing things like helping little old ladies cross the street, people carry their groceries upstairs, um, and just other stuff like that. He does uh, go around the neighborhood collecting cans to be recycled, I think bottles to recycle, if I remember, uh, and other things in that nature. Uh, his friend Sidekick is a human comic book writer named Denton. Um, I believe it's Denton Fix. And he gets a job writing for BC Comics. Um, and some of his stories are actually sort of um, uh, pastiches of DC comic type stories. Um, maybe a little critique on DC comics over the years, but I wouldn't say that either. I mean, the, 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 the backup story later on in some of the issues uh, kind of travels through different types of adventures, uh, Western, sci-fi, and other things along that line. While it's all the same characters, but it just changes from issue to issue. Um, and then there's Brenda and Eddie, and they're a married couple. Uh, KP is Denton Fix's sister. Oh, I, I didn't even mention this. Denton looks like a dog. His sister looks like a normal redhead uh, human being, but uh, for some reason, Denton looks like a dog. Uh, doesn't act like a dog, act like a person, but uh, for some reason, he's drawn as if he's a dog. Uh, there are some jokes kind of about that throughout the series, but uh, it's just there. And then there is... Uh, Guido, the Italian who lives downstairs from everyone, and uh, Guido is, what's the word, Guido is just the, uh, he, he is just the most 80s Italian uh, stereotype as you can get, he drives a Trans Am, he's, uh, um, he, he's just flat out, um, just that Italian stereotype you saw on uh, TV when you were watching kids and you had that wacky neighbor on every TV show and uh, when that wacky neighbor happened to be an Italian guy he acts just like Guido acts um, and that's the cast they uh, they just go through their lives and that's literally the entire premise of the story um, I shouldn't say the story the entire premise of the series um, there some of the comics the issues do have sort of indictments about um, comic book industry. Uh, just as an example, the very first issue uh, has a bold piece at the top that says, first issue, start collecting now. Um, the second issue, uh, right above the title, says, don't ask, just buy. Um, and then other things along that line down through there. And then I, if I, again, there are some little jokes inside of the, the series that... Uh, uh, kind of makes fun of comic books. Uh, one issue is called Writer's Block, and it has uh, Denton has gotten his job as a comic book writer, and he is um, <laughs> he's got Writer's Block, and he's trying to figure out how to get unstuck and having this this weird adventure and stuff. Um, then there's a whole issue that takes place at a baseball game, um, and then they go to um, Guido and Amazing Man, and the friends go to a bar. Um, there's an issue where, uh, amazing man, he, um, he babysits a cat, um, helps with the fire, they go to the beach, um, and then the, uh, final issue of the series, Frank Miller, um, did a cover, I'm sorry, he didn't actually, well, 
it's hard to say. Like uh, I've read that he does he did the entire cover, but it's actually credited to De Stefano and Kiesel, Carl Kiesel. Uh, but it is um, the cover to um, one issue of The Dark Knight Returns, and it has The Dark Knight Returns Batman with uh, Carrie Kelly Robin hanging on his shoulders, and then Amazing Man is grabbing onto Robin's cape, and um, that's kind of in a dream bubble coming from the amazing man who's asleep on the couch reading Dark Knight Returns. Um, and I guess Frank Miller, the, the story that I've read several times is that Frank Miller, he um, he really likes this series, and um, that's why he did the cover for it, to try to help save it. Uh, it didn't, and it got canceled. And then it did three... Um, they did three specials, uh, special one, two, and three, um, between the time they got canceled and 1990 is when the first one came out and, uh, or the third one, sorry, the third one came out and the third one had all kinds of creators that, uh, did stuff in that one. I think they had pinups from, um, let me see here. They did, had pinups from Todd McFarlane, Ty Templeton, uh, Kyle Baker, Mark Badger, and, uh, Paul Frick, Chad Grothkoff, and I don't know who either one of those people are, but um, it's a really fun series. And then, of course, there's the single origin Amazing Man issue of um, Secret Origins number 16. Uh, it's one-page origin. I think it's like seven panels, and it gives you Amazing Man's origin and how he became Amazing Man. Um, you never see his face. Um, he has the helmet on the entire time. And he pretty much goes by Amazing Man, uh, although he did have a secret identity. I forgot what the, the name is. It's like Horatio something something. Um, some really long name that was kind of funny for him to have had. Um, there's a single panel in Ambush Bug, Year None, where he's in prison for some reason. Um, don't know why. It's just there. Uh, Ambush Bug just shows up and... Amazing Man sitting on death row and uh, Ambush Bugs asks him a question or something, and then it goes on. Uh, that's all there, there is to that one. Um, but um, that's the premise to the series. It's just a bunch of friends hanging out with a quirky superhero and kind of in a backdrop. Uh, Amazing Man doesn't always take center stage. Um, most of the time, um, the other characters, Denton, KP, Eddie, Brenda, or Guido, take center stage. Uh, and most stories are narrated from Denton's perspective, um, although not all. They're, uh, the, the issues go between the cast. They, they, um, they're told by via the cast members. Um, it's not, uh, you might call it an ensemble cast, uh, if you were to put it as a TV show. Um, it's just about all of the characters, and it's told from all their point of views. Um and that's it. Uh, that's that's where Amazing Man goes. It's a really good-hearted little series um, that, uh, honestly, when you, you look back at it, you kind of wonder why it got approved by anybody. Like, uh, uh, it's so quirky and so strange that even by today's standards, you would just wonder, what in the world's going on with this series? Who 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 said yes, the series could be published? Um, it's not a Vertigo series. Um, probably could have fit somewhere in Vertigo early uh, later on, maybe, because uh, Vertigo started out more as a horror, horror stuff, and this isn't horror at all. But it is just a quirky little series. Um, it's set in the DC universe. I don't know how you know that exactly, but uh, you do know that it's set in the DC universe, where um, 
other stuff's going on um, that connects it with the DC universe. So um, again, it just um, it, it's just a fun little series that's not the norm. Um, don't think there's a lot of stuff out there that's like it. You could maybe argue Strangers in Paradise or similar from Terry Moore. Uh, but even Stranger in Paradise had kind of the spy stuff going on, the ninjas and things like that. This doesn't have that. Um, there's not really any crime to speak of. There's not any violence to speak of. It's um, it's just about people going through their lives. Um, the violence that you get is the violence that you might see on TV. Uh, when I say on TV through sitcoms, it's not... Uh, it's not earth shattering. It's not the world ending. You might have um, Eddie saying something to somebody stupid and getting a black eye. You might have uh, Guido threatening somebody, um, somebody bullying somebody, or, or something along that lines. But uh, you're you're not going to get um, uh, superheroes standing down the villain. Um, you're just going to get fun, uh, people oriented stories that. Uh, um, you would not expect to see in comic books. You you would not uh, pick this up and go, oh my gosh, this is going to be just a crisis on infinite earth level stuff. And you're not getting that. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get anything near that or anything like that. Um, this is just flat out fun. Um, people being people. Um, and I, I got to think that's where, when Frank Miller said he liked the series, I got to think that's where... Um, he was going with it. It was so different than everything out there that even I, I, so I didn't read this until 2009, 10, maybe somewhere in there. And I got the entire series all in one shot. Uh, and I sat down and I did, I think I did read it over a couple of weeks, but, um, read it all in one shot and it, um, it, it felt fresh. It felt new, even though it had been 25 something years since it originally came out, even, even reading it today, don't get me wrong, it's a little dated in the way they talk and the, what they're doing. Like again, Guido drives a Trans Am and he's super excited about it. He's got, I think, a red leather jacket on and, and he's super pumped about all that stuff. But uh, at the same time, um, you, you get it. Like it's not, uh, uh, it's not dated into the point where the characters don't work. It's not dated to the point where what they're talking about doesn't work. Um, it, it's just uh, a great. Uh, great entertaining story about people um, and quirkiness inside of it um, that uh, makes the people work. Um, one of the the big storylines through it is, of course, Eddie and Brenda are the married couple, and Eddie works in a bank, and I don't recall Brenda's job, but a guy at the job, her job is flirting with her, and they sort of went on a date, not really going on a date, but they kind of were, and it kind of left you on a cliffhanger about whether she was dating this guy and Eddie had found out about it and was upset. Um, and when it ends, um, you feel the heart from Eddie or on Eddie's part. You, uh, you definitely do not want Brenda to be stupid and cheat on Eddie with this other guy. Um, because they're such a great couple together and they're great individuals and uh, it would just destroy the dynamic and, and ruin what's going on with something that's really good. Um, I got kind of a irritation point with uh, comics where they 
you get the couple uh, couple of characters that get married and uh, it's like no one knows what to do with those anymore and so the only thing they do is they destroy their marriage uh, whichever way they can possibly destroy it um, you know you got the famous uh, one more day uh, stuff and spider-man you, you got um, people constantly wanting superman and lois to separate um when they had gotten together and just on and on they, they, there's a challenge to to have entertaining married couples uh, that just succeed um and people uh creators don't seem to want that um they, they want to, to be able to use that as uh, uh drama and other things in there and um and kind of tear those things apart. Uh, it's like they don't know what to do with married couples, and I, it kind of gets some kind of annoys me that they don't. Uh, and Eddie and Brenda are a couple again, nineteen eighty five when this is written. They're a couple that uh, um, they go through the challenges and they remain married, and and they don't cheat on one another. Um, I would like to see a series today that shows them having grown old together, sitting on a porch. Um, I don't know what else would happen in that series. That would probably be the entire series was just them two sitting on a porch, but it would be great to see that um, because you, you're pulling for those guys. You're pulling for um, Eddie and Brenda to stay together. You're pulling for Denton to, to break out in the comics and become a great comic book writer. You're pulling for, for Guido to uh, eh, be cool, <laughs> just to be cool. Um, and you're just with Amazing Man. You, you don't pull for him to do a whole lot. You just love that he exists is what you are and uh you, you don't get a lot of series and comics where uh, everything is kind of upbeat um it's uh, upbeat in a good way uh, it's silly but it's not stupid um doesn't talk down to you uh the problems are are there and they're silly problems and they're silly solutions and silly people and everything else like that but uh, it doesn't talk down to you it's a it's a good um it's a good way to do characters in comic books. Um, and uh, I, I I cannot praise Amazing Man enough uh, on the premise, the characters, and everything else that goes into it that uh, just the, the whole existence of it, I would, I would say just the whole existence and the package of uh, Amazing Man in general um, is just the way that it is is just enough to to make you want to go dc what is wrong with you this is outstanding where is the rest of it um and maybe the creators didn't want to do anymore i don't know but uh um it's incredible that dc let this happen it's incredible that uh that you could pick up the 15 issues and read it and <laughs> that exists it's just a um an anomaly uh, you might see something like this out of an uh, independent book but i would think even some independent pub publishers wouldn't be brave enough to do this um but uh, that's that's uh that's what amazing man is all about the art in amazing man is very cartoony um it's about as typical comic book art as you could get um um, if you were to go out and ask somebody what comic book art would look like, they would be just slightly more exaggerated than what uh, Amazing Man's art is. Um, and that's where uh, the characters are done. 
uh, but it's still done in, again, it's a normal setting for everything, um, basic everyday world setting, uh, but it's still done with the same type of dramatic art that was going on in comics at the time. Um, the panels are mostly uh, typical panels. Uh, they're used dramatically, like uh, um, the way that they're laid out. They're laid out to just give you more action to it, but they are just uh, rectangles and tri uh, squares on most of the pages. And most pages do the six to nine box grid in some form or another. Uh, some pages are very, very cramped um, to get a whole lot in there, and there's a lot of word bubbles on them. Um, but there's still good action descri described in there. There's a page in issue one where... Uh, Amazing Man is uh, trying to stop some youths, and um, he's in this very dramatic pose, and again, he's kind of a silly-looking guy, but he's in a very dynamic and dramatic pose that you might see Batman or Thor or somebody in, uh, and he's yelling at them, uh, stop, you misguided, misguided and probably underprivileged young felon, you, uh, to stop a mugger. Um <clears throat> And that's what he's doing throughout the series, is the, the art he's doing throughout the series. It's, it's doing the same thing that you would see in typical comic books of the time. Um, and a better critic could probably tell you um, why this art is different, but I, I would say it's um, Tom McFarlane toned down a notch. Um, so if you picture Tom McFarlane, which is... You know, his, around the same time as Spider-Man, um, when he started Spider-Man, uh, a lot of the lines and cross-hatching and other parts of the eyes and the, the heads, uh, those things look a lot like what he was doing at the time uh, on Spider-Man. Um, and again, some of the same effects are there. Uh, Denton's running to congratulate Maze, uh, which is what people call Amazing Man. Um, and it's got that kind of Spider-Man... Uh, image flow where you've got the faded image that grows into the regular image to show you that he's running towards Amazing Man. Um, you've got uh, Amazing Man jumping through a crowd with everyone, with um, him hollering, help me. And the big panels and the words are big behind him, kind of like what uh, Walt Simonson does on um, his Thor run when he was doing the big um, sound effects inside of there. Um, there's a big thud when uh, the car stops and doesn't hit the and uh, the Amazing Man saves the, um, the the toddler from the car. Um, and it's colored in that similar early 85 uh, DC method. Um, I don't remember who was doing colors at the time, but uh, it would be not be surprising to look at this and find out this guy did the colors for just any DC comic book of the of the era. Um, it's kind of got a faded look to it. Um, I would say the coloring looks a whole lot like the coloring out of uh, the miniseries that DC did, DC Legends. Um, very similar. Um, the colors are bright, but overall there's kind of a fade going on towards everything, but everything has a bright color to it. Uh, there's like a, it's just a faded wash going on. 
Um, and then he does something that, that's really cool with shadows that, uh, um, I don't know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> so there's a panel in issue one where Denton is, um, he doesn't want to answer Maze. Uh, Maze has done, asked him a question and Denton doesn't want to answer him. He's kind of walking away and the right side of the panel is completely black and it circles, um, I'm sorry, not circles, but follows Denton's outline. Uh, and then where Denton's outline breaks up the panel, it's kind of like a purple background and you you know that Denton is feeling bad for, for what's happened and what he said and what he's done uh, just because of the way he does a shadow. And there's another big panel later on in the issue where uh, the artist does that again. And I don't know a lot by Stephen DeStefano. Um, I don't know much that he did, but I don't need to because um, what he did here really puts its... Uh, um, uh, puts it out there that he's a good artist and uh, he just has a way to do things that uh, I don't know why more people did. There's a really cool panel towards the end of the, the issue. Uh, it's a big panel and Maze has kind of showed up at um, at the bank where Eddie works and he's um, kind of like Eddie doesn't want him to uh, acknowledge that he knows him. So the panel has Maze walking in and everybody's staring at Maze. And, and in this big panel, there's all these little panels of Eddie sweat pouring off of him. Uh, one, the first panel says no. The second panel says please no. The third panel has Eddie's full face, sweat pouring off him and says no, please. And then the next panel down has a big panel of please don't let it be him. <clears throat> And uh, it is amazing man is there and to open a bank account. <laughs> he just didn't want to be known. He, Eddie didn't want people to know that uh, that he knew him. Um, and the whole issue just ends on this really happy note. Um, but at first, you get the impression that everybody's kind of embarrassed that they know who Amazing Amazing Man is, uh, and they don't really want them to know who that people know who they are. Um, or that they're friends with Amazing Man, or that they live with Amazing Man, or that they know him, period. Uh, they're kind of embarrassed by him. But later on, as they go, they just it's just Amazing Man, and, and he is who he is, and that's the end of it. Um, most issues are split into two different stories, um, a lead story and a secondary story. Um, they both take up about half the comic. Um, mostly, they'll feature one or two of the characters uh, per issue. Um, so the lead story might be about Amazing Man. The secondary story might be about um, uh, Eddie or Brenda or Guido and Denton or KP and Denton or whatever else. Um, but the art's fun. <clears throat> um, it's not plain by any means, but it's not... Uh, um, it's, it's creative to me. Um, I don't know that somebody else would look at it and and see the same creativeness that I see, but uh, I, I just don't know why more artists didn't follow this trend versus the trend that did come back, uh, come out of the 90s. Because um, you've got good storytelling in this, uh, panels flow well, um, 
even though it's very wordy, the word balloons don't take over the pages. Um, you have a sense of the characters, the faces, the expressions, the um, um, just the, the whole way that they're laid out and the way that they act is is told well. Um, there's a panel where Eddie and Brenda are kind of making out, and then the main foreground, you've got Eddie and Brenda sitting on the floor holding each other and kissing, and then in the background, you've got kind of this red spark and uh, kind of a close-up shot of their faces uh, kissing, and it's a, it's a dynamic um, it's a dynamic panel the way that it's done. Um, and it flows throughout. The, the thing that gets better is that the people get clearer as the series goes. Um, so maybe they don't stand out as much in the first issue, but as the series progresses, um, the people get more tone, uh, more definition, more, uh, more features where if you were to see them, um, if you see the person in the final issue and you were to see them in another series today, you would recognize that character as that person where maybe the first issue, you don't get that so much. Um, but the art serves the the art serves the series very well. It fits the the cartoonish tone of the series, the silliness of the series, uh, but it also can convey that depth that's going on inside of there um, that makes you um, makes you feel everything that's written on the page, um, the adventures inside of it, the the actions there. <clears throat> Amazing man's writing is it's quirky. Um, that's kind of where the writing goes. Again, each, um, each issue is structured in kind of a two-story issue. Um, both split the half. You can't really say one's an A story or a B story because they both share the issue uh, featuring most of the time every character in some manner. Um, Eddie might be the lead in this issue with, with in the first story of this issue with... Um, Guido as a background character in the first story. And then the second issue might be uh, Guido as the lead, Brandon in the background, uh, sort of that way. Uh, each issue, they sometimes will tie together and sometimes you'll see what's going on in the other story in the second story and sometimes not. Sometimes you see that later on where somebody's at, but most of the time you don't. It's just um, It's just a story of the... Of what's going on? There's nothing. There's nothing super creative about what's happening, other than the fact that it is happening. Um, if you're a younger kid and you're going to read these, uh, you're probably going to not care. Um, as you get older, this kind of thing is definitely going to be fresher to you. Um, because again, it's not. It doesn't talk down to you. It's um, it's silly, but you could absolutely um, imagine that you get a quirky neighbor like Amazing Man. Maybe you don't have a um, a guy in a costume, but you might have just a weird, quirky, nice neighbor who does everything for everybody. Um, <clears throat> and not everything centers around. Not everything in the stories center around him. But he is the was a catalyst for everything. Um, he's in every issue in some form or another, but not every issue revolves around him specifically. 
but um, you probably couldn't have gotten this made if you didn't have some kind of superhero on on the comic. And by putting the superhero in the comic, the series becomes more grounded to comic books versus just being a series about a bunch of people. And that's what it is. It's just a series about a bunch of people. Um, I would not say necessarily character-driven. Um, it's more like sitcom-esque. Um, each issue, you've got some person making a silly choice, silly decision, putting them in a silly position with overly dramatic effect. Um, but it's very fun. Um, it's fun to, to get involved with the characters. It's fun to uh, learn who they are. And it's interesting to read something like this where you, it's not that you get a happy ending, but you don't get the gritted teeth, blood dripping from their lips. Uh, it's over, kind of ending through it um, that has no bearing on this series whatsoever uh, other than in 85 you saw that scene play out in almost every comic you were reading uh, somewhere in the story arc you had the superhero grit his teeth and sometimes drool or blood and stubble was all over his face and he gritted out it's over uh, in dramatic fashion and beat the bad guy um, that's the exact opposite of what this is. <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, you and your family hanging out, just doing silly stuff and saying silly stuff to one another. Sometimes saying the wrong thing to somebody at the wrong time. Saying something to somebody who at this time might not have made them mad, but then you say it to at this time and it does make them mad. Um, there are arguments between them. They get mad at each other. They, they get embarrassed by each other. They're proud of each other. Um and they flat out just live life with each other. Um, and that's kind of what the writing is uh, in there. It's, it's <clears throat> It would almost be sitcom format would probably be what you would pinhole it as um, with just quirky neighbors going through, through the motions of life. Um, keeping you into the narrative of what's happening with these folks um, and kind of when you go through the premise of the series, that, that kind of gives away what the, the, the writing is as well, because um, the premise and everything is the writing. Um, the way that it's written is, is it's just about these neighbors with this quirky um, little neighbor named Amazing Man, who is, again, kind of the center of everything, but not necessarily the center of the stories. Um, you could take Amazing Man out, still have the same stories. Uh, might be a little less interesting, but they're still there. They're they're um, again. You just, I keep going back to I cannot for the life of me figure out how DC. Somebody at DC said yes, this is great. Go go do this. Um, and then I also get angry because somebody made him stop uh, <laughs> because it's just that good. Um, It's um, it's changes every issue for what the plot would be, um, kind of 
an ongoing thing is uh, will Eddie and Brenda make it uh, or will they split up? Um, and that's probably the longest thing that you've got through everything. Most everything's wrapped up in the single issue. Um, the the thing between Eddie and Brenda kind of goes around um, a couple of different issues. And I if I recall, it's the last issue that uh, really pulls their story together. Um, it, it's just really interesting to see how all these characters play off one another. Um, the silly thing, these silly things they do. Um, you know, if you were to look at the covers, you probably would not be interested. You'd probably just be like, "Why is this? Why is this here? Why does it exist?" Um, but it is because it's just so much fun and uh it's got such a fresh take on on everything um it's not archie and jughead where they're you know saccharine sweet stuff happening in the world it's uh it's uh, real life problems but at the same time done in a comic book fashion that um you can almost hear the writer working through um, things in their mind and in their head. How do people act? How do they work? Um, and maybe that's what Amazing Men was. Maybe it was a test um, um, on the writer and the artist's part to see what they could do with their their creativeness. I don't know. I, I just, um, the writing is so much fun. Um, it's dialogue heavy. Not a lot of narrative. There is some narrative in it that um, most of the time comes from Denton Fix. Uh, some of the second stories are about uh, Denton's work for BC Comics, which is, of course, a stand-in for DC Comics. And uh, um, the character that he writes is Zoot Sputnik. Um, and he gets... Um, um, he gets flack from his editor for some of the things in it, and um, it credits uh, Denton Fix as a writer for those scenes, um, but also Fred Hembeck is the artist for uh, those scenes, uh, and they change. So in one issue, Zoot Sputnik is um, um, uh, space, like a, kind of an Adam Strange character, and the next issue, he's fighting Nazis. And I think the next issue, he's uh, a, um, a cowboy, um, and it kind of, you get, uh, that's, uh, I think, a, a joke about DC continuity, which was being messed with at the time for uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, or had just finished by Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and that's where the story is, and I, I, I uh, I cannot praise the writing enough, but I don't think I've done any kind of justice to what's going on with the writing in it. Um, it's just a very well-written series about characters and people and and problems and, and just the, the quirky nature of life and, and people who shouldn't be friends that are friends and people who who have no reason to hang out with one another but yet are um, you know, they like going to the baseball game in one issue, and uh, uh, why? Why would you go to the baseball game with these people? But 
um, they're your friends. They're they're who you know and they're who you live around, and that's who they are. That's who you are, and um, that's the circle, right? So you you know you you can choose your friends. You can't choose your family, but uh, sometimes your friends are done more by who you know who you're around more than uh, just uh, who you actually want to be friends with. Um, there's um, a little bit of melancholy to the series, I think. Um, maybe just because it ends, and, and I wish that it didn't. Um, but it just is... Uh, I just wish that I could find the creators and, and sit down with them and talk to them forever about uh, Amazing Man. I'd almost be afraid to ask them questions for it because they would uh, likely tell me, oh, yeah, it was just uh, we just threw that together. We put no thought into it. I, I don't know, but... It's um, uh, it's a very good, well-written series. So I titled this episode DC's Biggest Failure. Um, and the failure of DC isn't in the series. The, the series, I guess, did pretty well. Uh, but it's just the cancellation of the series. The, the fact that the DC has had this in their staple for 30-something years. Well, actually, maybe was it 40 something years now and they've not done anything with it um again you you can't find trade paperbacks you can't find uh um digital copies uh, it's just not available and i don't know why i don't maybe there's some creator rights or something that are there but uh um it's not available and uh, the closest that you've had to anything um coming back to the series is that uh um, that John Arcudia did um, a single issue called JLA Superpowers, um, I think it was 97, and um, the character looks like Amazing Man, um, but it's a grim and gritty update to Amazing Man, but if you uh, look at the character and then you look at Amazing Man, you can see that uh, it looks like he was inspired by it. And, People claim that is where he came from. Uh, the superpower is not Amazing Man, but that the character in JLA Superpowers was um, a grim and gritty update of Maze. And um, I think that's actually how I discovered Amazing Man. I'd seen the covers around and uh, for years and and heard people talk about, hey, man, Amazing Man, that's pretty good. And that was about all anybody ever said about it. Um, but... I got that um, John Arcudia single special uh, because I was just buying that stuff at the time. And, and uh, later on, I was reading about it, and someone said, hey, yeah, because you made Amazing Man uh, in today's continuity. And so I hunted down Amazing Man, and uh, uh, you can see it. Uh, you can see it in the, the character's design. I wouldn't say you can see it in the story, but uh, it's there. And that's the closest that you've really ever gotten to DC saying that admitting that Amazing Man exists um, and it just is um, the biggest failure on DC's part like so they had New 52 and they were trying all kinds of new things and throwing all kinds of stuff at the wall to see what would stick and, and in none of that <laughs> did anybody try Amazing Man um, and again I talked a little bit earlier about how Frank Miller uh, liked the series so much that uh, he did the cover or he promoted the cover or something along that line. Um, 
and you can you can get that from this from when you read the first 12 issues um i don't really care for the specials as much other than they exist like that's the part that's there but um they're good but they're just not as good as the series and maybe that's because the creators didn't have time to put into it um or maybe just lost its specialness but uh um, they're not as much fun as the series itself is. Um, <clears throat> and I just think it's tragedy that DC has done nothing with Amazing Man. Um, and I don't know what happened to the creators. Um, you know, I, I I can search their names and I find a few things that they're on, but you don't hear, you don't see their names out there um, very often, I think. Uh, one's mostly an editor and uh, the other's done some stuff. Um, but to read something like this and know that something like this existed and that potentially this is what comics could be doing right now or even back then and nobody's doing it. Uh, it's, it's disappointing in DC. Uh, so if anybody knows about DC, hey, tell them, get, get Amazing Man back. <laughs> um I cannot uh, praise the series enough. I mean, I've gone through most of this kind of gushing about the series and what it is. And I mean, it's got its flaws. Don't get me wrong. I, I know they exist. But um, if you've ever spent any time with uh, uh, characters that you connect with and that uh, um, you just look forward to reading about or, or thinking about or, or watching TV with or whatever else. And then, and then those characters leave, you're, you're just a little disappointed and, and I'm leaving and you don't want them to leave. Um, and that's kind of what happens in amazing man. You, you get invested in these characters, you get invested in their story, you get invested in, in all of the stuff that's happened in, and the, there's little snippets, like the, the stories are little snippets of their lives, but they're still, they're still there. Like you're still, you're still connecting to these guys. And, um, when it ends, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking that it ends. It's, uh, it's just a fun series. that has been, it's going great. And, and all these silly things are happening and everything's building this world around with the neighbors and the, the, the ladies that maze helps up the stairs and fixes her TV. All those people just disappear. Um, they're all just gone, and um, since it's a comic series and you've got them in your hand, you know you're reading one through twelve, and you know it's about to end, and you kind of get that melancholy feel that uh, that you get when your favorite TV show is going to announces that they're going to end. Um, like, wow, man, I'm, I'm not going to see these people anymore. I'm not going to be in their lives. They're not going to be in my lives. Um, and here for you know twelve issues, they made me smile and made me laugh and made me giggle and, and made me, uh, kept me entertained at, uh, their weird little lives. Um, and then it's over. Um, you get the three specials that kind of revisits them and, and, uh, they're, they're okay. Again, I, I like them, but, uh, it's just not the same as the 12 issues. Uh, but I would just like to see something like this come back from DC. I would just like to see amazing man. Um, get some kind of acknowledgement. Um, the 12 issues fits in a storyline pretty well. Uh, you could throw a trade paperback together, DC, come on, just, just put it together. 
Uh, it's 12 issues. It's a year. You've got one amazing year for crying out loud, DC. It's right there in front of you. Uh, do something with that. So <laughs> um, I could sit here forever and just talk about how great Amazing Man is. Um, a friend of mine uh, named Kevin Clark used to be a huge fan of Dawson's Creek. And the week that Dawson's Creek's finale aired, we were sitting in a restaurant in Applebee's in Madisonville, Kentucky. And um, he said that uh, uh, he doesn't know what's going to happen now because every Wednesday night, every Wednesday or Thursday night, he would meet up with his friends from Dawson's Creek. And and after that Thursday, he wouldn't see him anymore. And it was just a little sad. And that's kind of what uh, it is at the end of Amazing Man. It's going to be sad that uh, this is all there is for Denton, KP, Eddie, Brenda, and Guido, and Maze. They they just get one story. Um, But at the same time, maybe that's what makes it special. I don't know. It's a... Maybe there shouldn't be any more of it. Maybe the experiment was uh, was just that. I, I just know that, um, again, I've read comics for for more years than I can I can count now. Um, I can count them. I just can't remember them. So, um, having read all types of comics, horror comics, um, funny comics, uh, parody comics, uh, satire comics. Um, Grim and Grady comics, superhero comics, just just everything that there is. Um, Amazing Man just hits a place that uh, I don't think anybody else went back to. Um, again, some people might compare it to Archie, maybe, uh, but that wouldn't be right. It just wouldn't fit with Archie. Um, it wouldn't fit with uh, Strangers in Paradise. It wouldn't fit with Astro City. It wouldn't fit with uh, with any of those those other books that exist out there. And uh, I kind of hope somewhere. Um, in the world, there's something similar being published that's like this. Um, if there is, let me know because I'd like to read it. But uh, I just know in 1985, these guys got together. They, they said, here's what we're going to do, and, and they did it. I don't know why. I don't know anything about the background of it. I've never seen anything about the background. Of it. I've even read Wikipedia, and there's not much there. I'm not seeing any interviews about the from the creators about it. Um. But here's a team of people that uh, got together and and created something special. I think, um, you know, and I uh, I admire these guys. Um, I, I really like what they did with uh, Amazing Man. I think that uh, if you've you're a comic book fan and um, you want to explain to people what comic books can do, uh, Amazing Man's a great place to go. Um, it's not a little kid's book, um, just because I don't think there's enough there for younger audiences. I think it is um, um, more for older people. I, I would say 30s, uh, when you're getting a little nostalgic for your youth, um, maybe that's what makes it so good, because um, it's they're all a younger crowd, um, and it's just the kind of fun stuff you would do when you've moved into your first apartment and things like that um it's just very uh very entertaining um and again i could sit here forever talking about amazing man and uh, i won't i won't even though i could um i just hope that you go and look for it 
I, I hope that um, you go out to your local comic book shop and say, hey, I'm looking for this series called Amazing Man. You know anything about it? And uh, maybe they got another 50 cent box. Maybe they got another dollar box. Maybe they got it on a shelf somewhere talking about how great it is. I don't know, but um, go look for it. That's what I can tell you to do is just go look for it. You're not going to put a whole lot of money into it. Um, and you're going to buy other stuff that that um, you're going to spend that money on other things that aren't quite as entertaining. And that uh, in today's market, you're going to buy uh, stuff that uh, you probably wish you hadn't bought. And, uh, and, and, you know, the one thing that I can definitely tell you about Amazing Man is that uh, there are more words in one panel than there are an entire issue. Let me take that back. An entire story arc of anything written by Tom King. So go look for Amazing Man. You're going to enjoy it. You can get the whole thing for probably $30 if if even that expensive, probably find it cheaper, uh, but go get it. Uh, and that's it till next time. This has been purple gorilla reviews. We thank you for listening today. I am Brad Waddell, your host, and, uh, make sure that you leave us a review if you enjoyed what we did there. And, um, this should be available wherever you have podcasts or listen to your podcast. So make sure you subscribe. Um, Purple Gorilla Reviews is a production of Faltering Dream Alliance. Uh, it's written by Brad Waddell. And uh, I'm the only person that does anything on the series. So there you go. Make sure that you uh, listen and enjoy. And uh, we'll keep doing it for you. Have a great day. <laughs>